Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, here to give you an update on a few things that we've been working on. So as you guys know, we do shows at on Wednesdays at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. We also do post-game shows following the games. Uh, you can also now uh, subscribe to the show on Patreon to get some exclusive benefits, including ad-free versions of these podcasts. And also, we have started our Discord server, which was a requested feature. So look for the link on YouTube or on our Twitter page if you'd like to go join the conversation on Discord. Without further ado, guys, enjoy the show. Thank you. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 127 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter joined by two wonderful guests and we're going to have some more well-known names coming in uh throughout the show you have been promised dave meet that's right dave cho himself he will be here shortly he just had something uh come up real quick that he had to take care of but he will be here in just a few minutes we're gonna have evan birchfield joining us when he uh is available uh for now we've got two of our co-hosts the ones you guys know very well first off eric robinson he's on twitter at underscore eric underscore robinson eric how are how are you doing tonight i'm doing pretty good man i'm doing pretty good you know i know we're gonna pretty much dive into what happened last week and you know what's coming up for the falcons and i'll be honest with you i'm ready for the season to be over (laughs) just the draft takes you know they're there it's the line between the end of the season the off season and like the regular season has basically been drawn now. Like I mean, it's. I it, do that line for week two. Yeah, I think yeah. Famously, Eric was already ready to move on to the off season. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. Man, really you know, after that, I mean, I don't blame you. That Cowboys game was pretty much unbearable. But uh, yeah. 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 Yep. So well, we're gonna get to some off season talk. Don't worry, folks. But uh, you know, we're obligated to talk a little bit about at least this the, the game this week. Also with us tonight. Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way on the Twitters. Adnan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well. I'm happy to be here on the Falcoholic Live, funded by George Costanza. Yes, shout out to George um, Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking about that Week 2 game, you know, that was a disaster, but at least Arthur Blank noticed that it was a disaster and there was no coming back, and then he immediately got rid of Dan Quinn and, you know, potentially could save the season moving forward. And wait... Wait, you, you mean you mean we went all the way to week five before before that happened? Yeah, of course the season was a lost season. I was just trying to talk myself into it not being a lost season by right. uh, giving playoff scenarios and like potential playoff um, uh, playoff implications for the Falcons. But you know now that's 
mathematically <laughs> over at this point. Well, you know, you tried. You tried to keep, you know, the, the hype train rolling, you know, the, the positivity, but... Uh, now, now the tank train is rolling. Yes, yes, let's the tank it. train. Let's, let's lose out. It's leaving the station, yeah, so... They don't need to tank to lose out. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah, we get to play, you know, the Bucks twice and the Chiefs, so we don't even have to tank. It might just happen on its yeah. own. Yeah, um, yeah. it's going to naturally happen. Yeah. Are, are, you mean to tell me that this defense isn't going to stop Mahomes? Are you sure? I don't know, man. Uh, you know, Raheem Morris, he's got some hype. He's got some hype, right, you know, to be to be the next head coach. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, ready to, I'm ready to watch Tariq Hill um, put up 300 yards. Hey, bro, man, man can't even beat Anthony Lynn, and he wants to be the head coach of the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Do you guys see Anthony Lynn call, call like a run up the middle, but right before halftime with no timeouts? Or or Matt Patricia, you can't beat Matt Patricia either. Oof. Oh my God, that's true. It's very I, true. I, I know that this is completely off topic immediately, but uh, we've been talking about uh, head coaching openings uh, this off season and how it's between the Falcons and Texans about you know who's going to be the most uh, attractive opening. But, man, if the Chargers fire Anthony Lynn, I have to think that the Chargers are going to be right up there, if not number one. I think so. Herbert. Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Um, But I I have heard that it's kind of sort of still on the rocks with Anthony Lynn a little bit. Um, And I think what might be his saving grace is the amount of injuries that they had this year. I mean, it's already a unique season on its own. But they've had... Like Ingram's been out, Derwin James has been out. Of course, Mike Williams is hurt every damn week. Like that might actually be a saving grace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hope Anthony Lynn stays just because it, it'll be far less competition. Yeah. <laughs> right, I agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, speaking of head coach talk, we did get one donation before the show from Kevin James Waldrop uh, with the dollar there, uh, and he was asking us. He said, "Have a fun stream," uh, and also, what do we think about? Joe DeCamillis, who is the Jaguars special teams coordinator for head coach. Uh, so that's a name I hadn't heard before, so I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on that one. Where the hell did he come with that one? <laughs> I don't know. That, that That's one I haven't heard. I mean, the, to be fair, I've heard a lot of names, and I haven't heard that one. So Joe, is that you? <laughs> that's, a random, that's a random name, man. That came from nowhere. Joe DeCamillis? Yep. I mean... But what? But wait, wait. Watch us hire Joe D. Camillus as the head coach, and it's going to be some insider information on the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, someone. Maybe we're getting the inside scoop here. We just didn't know. Yeah. So. I mean, or maybe it's actually Joe D. Camillus watching the screen and or watching the stream and just you know pushing that in there. Maybe it's his agent. <laughs> yeah, could be. I, you never know, right? <laughs> no, but we are joined now by Dave Cho at the Falcoholic himself. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. It's like 10 degrees. We're getting a foot of snow tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm just excited. Dave, yeah. I don't know why you do that to yourself. Uh, it builds character. <laughs> it I does. Have to, I have a professional now. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have Matt Chambers just sending us his 80-degree weather forecast <laughs> for like the entire week mm-hmm. down in Florida. Yep. Yeah, he's been he's been brutal with that. You know, he's really gotta really gotta rub it in. You know, uh, I, not that well, I blame him. He waited him, thirty years. He did. Yeah. Thirty years. He'll be underwater. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, then we'll see you as the last laugh. 
Yeah, it's a slow burn, but we'll get him. <laughs> but yes, uh, I think the long game. Yeah. Right, they're very long game. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, you guys think the Falcons will win a title in the next thirty years? Oh God, don't don't yeah. ask me that. <laughs> no, I, hope, no. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Please. <laughs> Just once. Please, for the love of God, yes. That's all I want. That's all. Uh, I'm, I mean, let's be honest. You ask someone back in the '60s, you think they'll win it in the next 54 years? I'll be like, of course, absolutely. Oh yeah, totally. Gotta go at least one. It's not like they'll get there and blow a large lead in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably close it out. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're probably so. you know, 52 years from now, they're gonna uh, they're gonna get make it to the Super Bowl. We have flying cars, and they're gonna beat the the uh, Boston Patriots. So, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. gonna be great. To some guy named. <laughs> Tom Brady. That sounds like a Patriots quarterback name, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just pull it out of a hat. Brady Brady <laughs> Quinn. Oh, we were so close. If it was Brady Quinn we were playing, we definitely would have won. But Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, hey, hey, that's too bad. So don't be so sure. Yeah, I mean Belichick yeah. probably would have turned him into a pro bowler, but you know, in in Cleveland he had no chance. So I don't I know. Thought we've gotten some white guy from uh, who was a Walmart cashier turned him into a thousand yard receiver. Probably, yeah. Isn't that the story of Name, Julian Edelman's career? Yeah. <laughs> Julian. Yeah. Julian. Longer cashier's name. It does. It does. <laughs> At Trader Joe's or something like that. Yeah. Hey, Julian. What's oh, yeah. up? Yeah. I don't know how we got on to talking about the Patriots, but we're gonna get off of that because you know it's very triggering for me. But uh, yeah, guys, thank you. Again, for tuning in tonight, uh, we're going to get to a variety of topics. Uh, we're going to start with the Chargers game. We're going to obviously talk about Matt Ryan because he seems to be the topic of the week um, and, you know, give our, our thoughts on that whole situation. They're probably not – the takes probably aren't as hot as, you, as you'd like, but, you know, we don't just artificially increase our, our take heat, you know, for anyone. Uh, so – that's that's just how it is but also guys uh, if you don't mind throwing a like at the video if you're not already subscribed hit that subscribe button uh that helps out the channel helps out the videos themselves so we appreciate that and uh just in case you guys haven't heard we do have a discord now the link is in the show description along with our patreon if any of you guys are interested in supporting the channel so with all that in mind let's get to this chargers game obviously a bad game uh you know, the Falcons were actually in the driver's seat for basically the whole game until the very end. Uh, and then they blew it, you know, in spectacular fashion, which it's kind of like the the shine is worn off. Like, normally I'd be very upset, you know, them blowing a game like this. But it's just happened so many times. I feel like it's, you know, it doesn't have the same impact that it used to have. Uh, so, Dave, I'll let you get a wording because I know some, some of us had a chance to talk about it on the post game, But... Like, what was this game like for you? You know, were, were you, like, devastated, or were you just like, oh, it happened again, okay. You know, the one thing that I haven't gotten good at over almost 15 years of doing this is not being upset with the Falcons when they lose. Like, it doesn't matter how much I tell myself I'm not going to do it. They managed to find a way. Like, I, I had a feeling, you know, that they could lose, it would be close, and I still managed to get very angry about Matt Ryan throwing back-to-back <laughs> interceptions somehow. Like, yeah. That's just not how they lose games. It's it's always something new. And so, yeah, I, I was uh, I was pretty pissed off all day Sunday. Yep. Again. So again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promised myself this week I'm going in with like less than zero expectations. I, I I'm seeing 500 yards from Brady in the Bucks, um, and it's going to be awful. And I'm prepared for a bloodbath. And they'll still find a way though. They always do. Yeah, they always seem to, uh, and it's usually never the way we expect. I mean, I think we were all expecting, like, shenanigans in this Falcons-Chargers game, right? Like, 
two teams that were basically known for being the most blunder prone of all. Uh, and they did not disappoint there in the, at the end of that fourth quarter. I mean, that was about as wacky as you could probably come up with. Like, the script writers definitely weren't overly shocking with that ending. But, yeah, I mean, it was an uncharacteristically poor day from Ryan. Um, you know, the defense actually played well on the whole. I mean, it was like... It was like... It, this defense is just weird to me. Like, they'll go through spurts of playing pretty well and then spurts of being awful. Uh, so maybe that means they're just average. I don't know. But... Um, you know, we have there's 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 some some definite things to talk about in this game. Like Matt Gono going up against Joey Bosa, he did a good job. Um, you know, Brandon Powell actually had a solid game as a returner, but we should keep in mind that the Chargers are like the worst special teams uh, unit in the league. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. But um, just a weird game uh, that ended in a weird way and kind of left a bad taste in all of our mouths. But the draft pick is secure, so that's that's one positive. But uh, Adnan, did you have any any further you know takeaways from this game after having a few days to like process it? See, it's all about perspective. You know, you can look <laughs> at the glass half empty. You know, the Falcons blew a lead. The Falcons lost the game, or you can look at it half full. Falcons they didn't lose. The Falcons got a long term win. This was an incredible game for the draft prospects. So because of this this loss against the team that's now also 4 and 9 the falcons are tied for the fourth pick and i'm getting back into tanking mode i'm getting back into um into draft pick analysis mode falcons are now one of five teams who are in a 4 and 9 bloodbath had we won this game we would have been tied with five teams who are 5 and 8 right now uh going as low as the 13th pick so if the falcons lose out against uh tom brady and the bucks and uh, the Chiefs, which I mean, I, I know the Falcons are heavy favorites to win those last three games against those uh, against those quarterbacks. But yeah, you know, if some if something um, weird happens and the Falcons blow these games against uh, against the Bucks and the Chiefs, then you know you're looking at a legitimate chance at a top five draft pick come April. Yeah. So when April comes, we're not going to be thinking about oh yeah, we lost. We lost to the Chargers in week 13. Oh, no. We'll be thinking about uh, how much can we get in the trade down with this uh, with this team desperate for a quarterback. <laughs> right, because we're definitely not taking a quarterback ourselves, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, we could take the quarterback because old <laughs> noodle arm Matt Ryan. Or, I'm kidding. I'm, uh, <laughs> you're I, supposed I'm to be the Ryan him. hater. Yeah, that's okay. You can, you can lean into it. It's fine. Yeah, well, well, well uh, our best quarterback on the roster did throw a touchdown pass this past game, <laughs> Russell yeah. Gage. He is better than uh, Taysom Hill, confirmed. So, <laughs> hey, he should have two this season. <laughs> he should. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a weird game. Uh, it was frustrating. Eric, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I know you had a little bit of a chance to talk about it last time, but uh, I, I think what was unique about it, you know, they have truly been a versatile team when it comes to finding various ways to lose a game. Um, and they've lost the game in a number of ways this year. You know, your, your running back didn't know to take a knee, you know, to blowing another massive second half lead um, in a game where they forced like three first half turnovers to even this. I think what was more the loss was one thing. And I really wasn't a whole you know, I really wasn't entirely disappointed in that. I was more disappointed in the fact that the the play of Matt Ryan was the difference of it. And I was a little discouraged because, you know, 
for a team that has trouble winning or closing games this year, I didn't expect Matt Ryan to be the reason why they will lose a game late. I mean, for him to throw two picks with, you know, uh, you know, with four minutes remaining in the game and yeah. the team having two ample enough opportunities to get in the Chargers territory and win the game, that, that was really disappointing, honestly. Um, and I expect a whole lot more from Matt from a 13-year veteran, but he just made throws that were like, what are you, what are you looking at? What are you doing? Um, so that I was, the loss didn't really get to me, but the way that Matt Ryan played down the stretch and him ultimately being the reason why they lost, if we're being quite honest with you, that was, that was definitely disappointing. I, I didn't, I didn't like that takeaway there. But. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was definitely disappointing. And it, it's, it, like in a lot of it, a lot of ways, this is like the worst possible timing for Matt Ryan for various reasons for him to be struggling like now. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it was. It's always disappointing to see that, and like it throws fuel on the fire of the folks that really think that Matt Ryan's not good, and like uh, it, it makes it more difficult for a new coaching staff to come in. Like if he has all these kind of highlight real losses to close out the season, I mean, it's just not great. But um, Vlad Tepes asks. Uh, how do they break the tie with the Panthers in terms of draft order since the strength of schedule is the same? Uh, they will flip a coin. <laughs> Literally, that's what they do. Yeah, that's uh, what got us Matt Ryan in 2008. Uh, we flipped a coin and won it against, I think it was the Raiders and the Rams. Yep. Uh, or, I, can't I know Jake Long went first in that draft. Uh, Darren McFadden went after the Falcons. So I think I think it was uh, the Rams or the other team, if the Rams weren't mm-hmm. second, it was it was the Raiders and someone else. But the Falcons, like they they won that coin flip, and you know they were in prime position to take uh, Dorsey uh, the way Dave Trout wanted them to. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, Dave, you got any, you know, I know you've been lamenting that Glenn Dorsey, you know, miss for a long time. Uh, just imagine what this team could be like if Glenn Dorsey was here. It was Chris Lone, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Chris Long went number two after after Jake. Yeah. So yep. so it wasn't the Rams. It was the Rams got Chris Long at two, and then uh, who went at five? Uh, Glenn Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. McFadden went fourth. Yeah. Oh it's, man. Uh, the tale of woe. You know, he would have been a totally different player in Atlanta. Yeah. I'm 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 with you there, Dave. I I did. Alas. I I wanted yeah I wanted Glenn Dorsey also. You know it's it's funny to look back too because I think a lot of people did and. Like, I have never been as well prepared to talk about a prospect as I was Matt Ryan because I, I used to watch BC games all the time. Mm-hmm. One stayed up going to school, and I just didn't see it. So, um, yeah. and I'm right to this day because look at what he just did. Look at this. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you, you mm-hmm. think Glenn Dorsey would have thrown two interceptions? No. In the last minute? <laughs> Absolutely not. But it, was, so. it was also a weird game for him because of the milestone that he reached as well for him to. Yeah, surpass Peyton, you know, for the most passing yards in uh, in the first thirteen years or first first thirteen seasons of a player's career. Like that was that was cool to see that happen. But then, it, you know, it ultimately got overshadowed because of yeah. the interception. So, and I feel like that's what always happens with Ryan too. It's like uh, CBS Sports tweeted something about you know him surpassing Manning and Breeze and Marino um, to get there, and like the comments like. Oh man, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. It's just 
you know, it's never good enough with him, you yeah. know, unless you already appreciate him. And yeah. that, that's a shame to me is that whether his career in Atlanta ends, hopefully not next year, but, you know, if it's in five years, whatever it's going to be, there's just going to be a contingent of Falcons fans who are going to be yeah. shoving him out the door. And remember, <laughs> yeah. in game one, he surpassed Elway for most passing yards all the time. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, yeah. that's forgotten about. That's overshadowed. But, I mean, that. These are these are. I mean, these are not just names. He's leaping no. over. Like, come right, on, man. Right. Like these are. Yeah. Serious. Yeah, serious names. Serious mm-hmm. Hall of Famers. Some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But of course, again, it's not not going to mean much. And, and that's yeah. not something where, uh, sure, you can talk about. Oh yeah, like uh, you have to adjust for the era, and you know, quarterbacks are passing for a lot more. But this is not something you can just go around to have the most passing yards in your first 13 years because Peyton Manning was also playing in this era. Drew Brees is also playing in this era. Dan Marino is the only one who's like the exception where, like, who knows how good Dan Marino would have been if he was playing in this era. Like, he would have have surpassed everyone regarding passing yardage records, like, by far. So, I mean, that's just a shame for him. But, like, everyone else on that list, that's an impressive feat and Matt Ryan's gonna do it again next year you know hopefully at around this time where he's gonna have the most passing yards in your first in the player's first 14 years and then like the next year after that in his first 15 years so it it, it is a shame that you know this is something that is just scoffed at whereas if it was someone else like you know, with Drew Brees, whenever he he reaches some obscure passing record or something like record, it's like the media is just like giving him the headlines for the next week. Right, right. I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand how you can just scoff at, what was it, 54,000 passing yards? Like, that's nothing. I mean, you know how, how, how fast a player's career can end in this day and age? I mean, look at guys like, you know, that were drafted higher than him. Look at guys like Jamarcus Russell and Brian Lee. Like those guys would, you know, never reach this type of pinnacle. But again, it's just, it's a shame because, you know, in actuality, if he does stay the two seasons for the, you know, for the remaining of his contract or whatever, um, he can he can eclipse sixty thousand yards. Yeah. And people are going to be looking back and saying, "Well, what did he do in the Super Bowl?" <laughs> I, I don't. He did everything he could, would be the answer. Like, literally everything he could. That I mean, statistically, one of the best performances ever at a Super Bowl. And I hate the whole, oh, he had Julio Jones. Well, first of all, he played, what, three seasons or so before Julio got there? Yeah, three full seasons before Julio got there. Julio missed pretty much the entire 2013 season. So... He's made Harry Douglas a thousand yard receiver. <laughs> Harry Douglas. And, you know, we're looking, we're looking at Matt Ryan and punishing him for has, having a great player like that. Meanwhile, Peyton Manning has played with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Wes Welker. Um, I mean, come on. Like, this this guy's had Hall of Fame receivers his entire career also. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean, there's there's just like this. I mean, I think it's because he's the Atlanta, he's a quarterback in Atlanta. Like, this team just doesn't get national respect. And I think that bleeds over to Ryan as well. They're so easy to pick on. <laughs> I mean, they are. They make it really easy. Oh, know, yeah, they make it. They do make it easy. Yeah, on they make balls. it way too easy. But, um, you know, it's, it's never going to be fair the, the way Ryan is treated. But. Um, you know, we're, we're gonna we do our best at the Falcoholic to make sure he's given his due, uh, and yeah. you know we certainly appreciate him. I know Dave busts ass on Twitter trying to uh, enlighten folks who have a problem with Ryan, but 
We all know that's a it's, cool Darren, but it it kills me too because like I also like I look at that list of quarterbacks and um you know at least today I'm like yeah Marino is Marino is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. I think Marino's better than Ryan. I think Breeze and Manning are probably better than Ryan. But at the same time, it's like you can't just sit here and tell me that Matt Ryan is not a great quarterback and hasn't been a great quarterback his whole career. It's like people people can't get into the legitimate criticism because they got to blow right by it. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's always legitimate criticism of every quarterback. Yeah. You know, Drew Brees stinks and sells Advocare. Um right. Yeah, no, no, nothing else is coming to mind for any other quarterbacks. But Drew Brees stinks. <laughs> yeah, Drew Brees. Yeah, so, I mean, um, Drew, Drew Brees pushed that pyramid scheme, which uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, costs a lot of yeah. people right. of their savings. So he I, bought, I mean, a, I, bought a fake diamond. You know, yeah, easily <laughs> fooled. So I, I still remember um, Drew Brees was like suing someone over the fake diamond, and someone on Twitter, like uh, off Atlanta Twitter, they're like, "Oh, look at the snitch." Matt Ryan would have taken this to the streets. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just. I. I'm still fascinated by how quick Drew Brees understood the stance of African Americans earlier this year in a matter of like two days. It was amazing yeah. for him to make the one comment, and then two days later, he was like, "Oh man, yeah, I understand what you guys went through." Really, Drew? In two fucking days, you understood it in two days. No, you understood. I finally days. understand. Yeah. Teammates probably got at you in the locker room and told you to straighten up. That's, yeah, that's, that bicycle yeah. only pedals backwards. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, come on, really? But again, yeah. one, one question I always ask when it comes to you know uh, Matt Ryan and his Hall of Fame career and his Hall of Fame future: What has Dan Faust done that really you know placed him on a certain pedestal that Matt Ryan doesn't belong to anyway? I mean, he has a gold jacket. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> How many playoff games has Dan Faust won? I mean, I just, I don't get it. Right, I mean, I, first, like, he's he's been an all-pro, he's been a league MVP. Like, these are the type of things you're looking for for a Hall of Fame resume. Tight end. So. He's played with arguably the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. He's pretty much his entire career. I don't I get mean, it. So, yeah. Right, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think the, the yeah. argument against Ryan is particularly good, but it doesn't it's matter. Bad. Yeah, it doesn't it, really it matter. It never was. No. It never was. And I just hope that Ryan doesn't get punished because the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. Because Ryan had a great game in that Super Bowl. He did. Like he, he had fourth highest pass rating in Super Bowl history. Like that ship has already sailed, though. Yeah, it, and the thing is, the narrative is drawn out of oh, Matt Ryan can't like complete games. Like what, like what game were you watching? But you know that will change over time. Like the thing that got me earlier today was somebody said to me, Panthers fan, I think. Um, you know, Dan Marino never blew games like this. And then I go back and I'm digging a little bit. He did. And he he did. He blew the the, the divisional game against the Chargers <laughs> and Dan Fouts. He threw three touchdowns. No intercept it was a great game by Dan Marino and the Dolphins blew a fifteen point lead. So yeah, we, like there you go. We, like should we bring up Dan Marino's last game against the Jaguars in the playoffs where they were ran with the field? Do we want to bring that up? <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's the thing. Everybody forgets about it. And that's what I'm saying is like someday when we've gone through, God God forbid that we go through a bunch of crummy quarterbacks after Matt Ryan. But, you know, there's going to be some quarterback that's compared to Matt Ryan. And they're going to be like, well, you know, this guy chokes on like Matt Ryan because people forget things. People yeah. are either stupid or they forget. So I, I guess that's something to look forward to. Yeah. You have a good house is in the ocean. 
You, you have a good point because you look back uh, at those Bills teams who lost five straight Super Bowls, four straight Super Bowls. And, I mean, yes, we know them as the teams that lost four straight Super Bowls. But you look back at it and people now remember the good stuff that they did more so than, like, the very end. Because, you know, Jim Kelly is in the Hall of Fame. I, uh, I, Thurman Thomas. Yeah. Go ahead. I've got I've gotten arguments about that with Jim Kelly. You know, like, yeah, Jim Kelly deserves to be in, in a Hall of Fame because they made four straight Super Bowls. They also lost four straight Super Bowls. I don't get it. Like, how can you sit here and say Kelly belongs, yeah. but Matt Ryan doesn't? Bro, people would be ready to burn Matt Ryan on a stake if he lost four oh straight Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, that it's the time. It, it, it's, it's like the immediacy of it, right? Because, like, it's happening right now, and people have to have opinions right now, especially – you know, I'm going to sound like an old man, but here we are, um, you know, in the era we live in, right? Everybody's got to have a strong opinion on something right away. And you can go on pro football reference for two minutes and dig something up and throw it out there. Um, but I, I do think, you know, someday he'll be in the same boat and it'll be easier for people to appreciate him the same way that, you know, people kind of appreciate Mike Smith now. And they certainly did not at the end of 2014. And that was only five or six years ago. This question goes out to all three of you guys. If Matt is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, how long is the wait? I have no idea. Oh, I mean, it probably yeah. depends on who's yeah. he, who he's going up against, honestly. like. And I mean, first ballot, it's like, like that first ballot lost its meaning to me when T.O. wasn't a first ballot Hall of Fame. <laughs> like the yeah. T.O. had, they had no business keeping T.O. out of out of there for as long as they did, just to teach him a lesson. Yeah. It's like, like oh, they got pissy that he was like rough with the media. Like get over it. Who, who cares? It, you're you're not you're not putting him in the Hall of Fame for his interviews. Yeah. Well, who, who will even be over the last, think of quarterbacks over the last 20 to 25 years, who would even be competition for Matt Ryan when it comes to getting enough Hall of Fame votes? Uh, uh, possibly Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, it depends on, it, it, it really depends on when he, when Ryan retires. Uh, you know, it depends on how long maybe someone like Tom Brady plays. Because Brady keeps like pushing that, oh, I want to play until I'm 45, 46, whatever. You guys are shoe ins. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, I mean, like, yeah. Outside of, outside of Rodgers and Brady, like who else would be. Yeah, it's hard to think about the overlap now. It's like if Stafford has a shorter career, if, you know, Wilson packs it up early, if, um, you know, Rivers somehow plays for several more years. Oh, like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen. But, like, those are the guys that I think of, like, contemporary-wise. Uh, Roethlisberger, maybe. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I would consider him a shoe in. But yeah. if if Philip Rivers gets in over Matt Ryan, I would be upset. Yeah, yeah. No, Philip Rivers yeah. has yeah. nothing over Matt Ryan. Right, I agree. Like, Rivers has never been to a Super Bowl. He's never won MVP. He's been really good, though. That's the other thing, too. It's like, I in an ideal world you could talk me into rivers and Ryan. um i think rivers at one point was that good but but if you but if you take the arguments against matt ryan and you oh yeah come up against rivers you know when was the last time rivers even won a playoff game like honestly remind me i i, I don't know i, don't <laughs> I really know don't know yeah. He, yeah he may win one this year to be honest because his defense is just that good. <laughs> it's like oh, the yeah. best yeah i mean if only matt ryan could have a defense like that huh 
yeah, yeah. And, and also like rivers has played with lt he's played with antonio gates like rivers has had some weapons all the good we, quarterbacks we, have weapons like we need to get we go. <laughs> he's played with Julio. oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. you know oh, so and but so you know, it takes two seconds to look and see what his numbers are without julio and they're they're great yeah they're great numbers without yeah. Julio. Yeah. They were yeah. fine. No, no, yeah. that, that like doesn't fit the narrative though, Dave. Like that, they well, they it, want it, that narrative of Julio made Ryan. But he's yeah. he's thrown three hundred something touchdown passes, and the knock on Julio is he never catches touchdown passes. Who caught all those? <laughs> Ghost Julio? Like what, what the yeah. fuck? Right? right. I mean, who yeah. is it? Somebody else caught those touchdowns. I mean, you yeah. Know. yeah. Like who was that exactly? Yeah. It's yeah. It, it, it's like. Even going beyond it, every quarter, every great quarterback has had something like, you know, that that has benefited him. Like Tom Brady had Gronk, who at his peak, I would argue that Gronk had the greatest peak of any tight end in NFL history. Like at his peak, I don't think any tight end surpasses Rob Gronkowski. Brady had, in my opinion, the greatest head coach in NFL history. He had, he had a top ten defense, like I don't even know how many times. There's yeah. There's not a quarterback you can name that hasn't benefited from having another Hall of Fame great on their side. I mean, even I, I get it. He has four Super Bowl rings, but Montana played with Rice, yeah. and he played with an innovative play caller that was ahead of his time in Bill Walsh. Elway, you know, he had Shannon Sharp, he had Ed McCaffrey, he had. I mean, those those were great players. He had Terrell Davis. Those were great players around him. Marino. I, I, Marino is pretty much the only one that I can think of, and he had a Hall of Fame coach. So right, he did. And, and yeah. the, the other one I'm thinking is think about it. The the yeah. other one is Aaron Rodgers hasn't had hasn't had that team around him as much as some of these other quarterbacks. Well, like, he he uh, is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Rodgers, like I put Rodgers above Ryan, but with yeah. Rodgers, it's like you you see his wide receivers, and you know. You know, you had Jordy Nelson, you had Greg Jennings. Jermichael Finley while he was healthy, too. Yeah, Jermichael Finley. But those are more guys who I think a good quarterback elevates his wide receivers. But I think Rodgers really elevated those guys. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think Jordy is Jordy if he's with any other quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree, like, Aaron Rodgers is just like some, like a freakish talent. Like, his arm, his arm and, like, all that stuff. Like, he's, he's truly special. Like... Ryan has a good arm, but, like, Aaron Rodgers has, like, a historic arm. I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's just a different... But I think we, yeah, yeah, I think we need to remember, too, like, as we go into this draft, like, people are clamoring for, we got to replace Matt Ryan right now, which, you know, financially is barely feasible in the first place. But, like, Rodgers wasn't going to be Rodgers if he didn't have to sit. And so, like, this is a class that has guys like Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. You know, I think if they sit for a little while, they could be special. So this is the year to do that. If you're going to draft a quarterback, do that. Yeah. Sounds like a segue to me, Kevin. Yeah, well, this yeah, is this is a chance. This is a chance for me, you know, to segue here into our, you know, sh- you know, Matt Ryan's future with the team talk because it's it's a topic we need to get to, and um, you know, I, I think that it's a worthy discussion i think we all are kind of in agreement here but we're going to get to it and then also this gives me an excuse to try out you know our poll uh software here so here we go i'm going to fire up a poll you guys in the chat you guys can vote you guys can let us know what you think uh this time it should actually show up on the show as well so you know bear with me here for a second yes it did okay perfect 
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, guys. Yes. So you can vote in the poll by doing the exclamation point vote and then the number of the uh, item that you want. Uh, those are on the screen there. Uh, let me know if you guys make sure you guys are seeing that. Okay. All that good stuff. But yes. So I do want to get your guys, you know, thoughts on, on Ryan's long-term future with the team. I mean, obviously we know that financially speaking, he's not he's not going anywhere next year. Like, it's almost impossible to move on from Ryan in terms of next year. Um, that doesn't mean they're not going to draft a quarterback. They probably will. They may. Um, but, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, do we keep... So the, the options in the poll are keep Ryan long-term, so that would mean they probably don't draft a quarterback. Um you know, the, and then uh, the next one would be draft a quarterback and keep Ryan for one to two years. Um, and the, the third thing would be to fire everything, you know, so you just blow everything up for the sake of blowing it up. So uh, what do you guys think? I'll, I'll go to you first, Eric. You know, I, I they're in a, they're in a prime position right now. Um, and every time this topic is brought up, and it's, you know, it's going in my direction. I always, like like Dave did, I always bring up what the Packers did. You know, it's worked one time before for them to have a quarterback in place and still take their guy of the future and have him sit and have him learn. And, you know, they're attempting to do that again. Um, and you can make a, a legitimate case that while Aaron Rodgers wasn't vintage Aaron Rodgers last year, you can make the case that the drafting of Jordan Love elevated Aaron Rodgers this year and motivated him a little bit more because now he knows like, Hey, there, you know, my heir apparent is here. I need to, you know, I, I really do need to, to, you know, up my game. And, and again, he's had an outstanding season. Um, I feel like the Falcons are in a prime position to do so right now. Um, I'm always a component of taking a quarterback and letting him learn. I, a lot of teams take their guy and throw him in week one and, you know, let him, you know, learn in a trial by fire case. But that hasn't always worked in recent history. And it's all it and in recent history is also taking a franchise back a little bit because of that factor, because of the fact that they didn't have time to groom a quarterback. They just threw him in there prematurely, you know, and he struggled. Um I, I don't want to see the Falcons do that. I, I would love right now for them to take their guy and let him sit and learn because Matt's probably going to be here for another, for two years at the most. Uh, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, and they're also going to have the draft capital to do so this year, in my opinion. They're going to mm-hmm. have the room to say, hey, you know, we can take a guy now, let him sit, and we still have eight or nine other draft picks to build up the rest of the roster. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right, Dave, you're up next. What do you what do you want to do at quarterback? You want to take a guy now that we have this you know high pick, or do you, do you think we should just let it ride with Ryan? Also, welcome Evan as well. Hi, Evan. <laughs> yeah, Dave, go, oh, go ahead. I had myself muted. Oh, that's Hi. good. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Yeah, I just want. Yeah, but Dave, yeah, go, go ahead, Dave. <laughs> um, you know, this is a weird spot for me to be in because I've I've been so used to saying this is not going to be the year, but last year was the first year I really seriously thought about it. Um. You know whether that was dirt cutter premonitions or what but um you know there were a couple of reports that the falcons were looking at jalen hurts and i was actually kind of excited about that idea i was like jalen hurts would be a great guy you know to sit behind ryan for a little bit and maybe take over and i he really think how out of the saints this week yes he did and that makes him a falcon in my heart so um but you know the, the thing with this is where ryan is in his career you know, I, I think you have to if you have the opportunity. Like, I think Ryan can be good for five more years. I really do. I believe that in my heart. I think that Dirk Cutter is a bigger part of Matt Ryan's problems than just about anybody. But there's a new regime coming in. Um, they're going to want to do things differently. They're going to look at this team critically, and they may not keep guys that we're used to having on this team. They may have an entirely different team building approach to Thomas Dimitrov and company who have been here forever, you know, throughout Matt Ryan's entire career. And, and you don't get opportunities to take a guy who might be special in a year or two, if he sits and learns all that often, you know, you can, you can take a shot at somebody later on. Right. Um, but this is the kind of class where there are guys, multiple guys, I think that are worth that. Um, you know, I'm not the draft guru here, but I really like, Trey Lance, for instance, um, quite a bit with some time. So I, I think, you know, if you blow it and you draft a guy and Matt Ryan turns out to be great for the next five years, you you have somebody worth trading. You have somebody that uh, a quarterback needy team is going to be interested in and you've developed him and that's great. If Matt Ryan is gone a year from now, you have somebody to take over. And, and I think it just, as painful as it is to think, of things ending this way, you know, without the Super Bowl ring, we all hope this group would get. Um, I, I do think it's it's time to start thinking that way, and I think this is probably going to be the Falcons' best opportunity, unless the next team that takes over for, you know, uh, the front office and coaching staff are really bad, and then we're back in the basement forever. Um, you know, this is going to be their best opportunity to to do this, to address it, and get somebody who can wait a little bit behind Ryan learn from Ryan and and then take over for him. So, you know, it's not necessarily a pleasant thing to contemplate, but it's, it's time to start thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree for the most part. Uh, but I want to, I want to give uh, the other folks uh, some time to get their responses in as well. So Adnan, where are you on this particular debate? Well, as the Matt Ryan hater of the group, <laughs> I think you know where my answer will be. <laughs> I still don't know how I have that narrative. Because um, <laughs> it's fun. Because uh, yeah, it's a bit, it, that's why. It, yeah. I, I, I do see how it is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think quarterback is just, it's the most important position in sports. Like, I don't think there's any debate in that. And it's not a, it, it, it's not a question of, oh, yeah, do I, like, get this quarterback or do I get this player at this other position? Because... A great quarterback. You, you can go. You can go. For example, defensive end. You know, cornerback in this draft. And I've said it repeatedly. If the new uh, head coach, the new regime comes in, and they're like, 
we're all in on Matt Ryan for the next five years, then yeah, sure, like go get get someone else. You don't have to like take a quarterback. I don't think that's gonna happen. But if you hit on a quarterback in in the top five, that the ceiling of hitting on a quarterback of hitting a home run there is franchise altering. Like it's absolutely like com- it completely like can define your franchise. It can take it to new heights. You see it with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like that was a franchise which, you know, throughout uh, the past number of decades. I mean, they were good back. In, in the 60s when the first few Super Bowls were going on but you know that's a franchise which has not really done anything in mm-hmm. the past number of decades before Patrick Mahomes got there and then you know Mahomes, come, Mahomes comes in and I'm not saying that the next quarterback is going to be Mahomes it's not fair to, to expect that of him right. but when you are in the top five and when you have this opportunity to draft the guy who is going to bridge the next 10 years for you, then I think you you take advantage of that opportunity. And, you know, he's going to be able to learn behind Matt Ryan for at least two years. And what better quarterback to learn behind than, you know, someone like a Matt Ryan who has been the consummate professional uh, the past 13 years, someone who has done it the right way on the field, who has gotten better, who wins games with with his mind on the field as opposed to just overpowering teams with his arm. That's something that uh, a rookie quarterback can definitely learn. You can't teach someone uh, how to have, like, you know, the arm of Aaron Rodgers, but you can teach someone how to win games with his mind. Yeah. So I, I definitely am in favor of, of drafting one of these young quarterbacks early on and, you know, letting him sit behind Ryan for a couple of years. And if we don't do that, then I want to take advantage of the fact that there's so many quarterback needy teams in this draft, and mm-hmm. I, I want to trade back for just a treasure chest of draft picks. Yeah. If we don't take quarterback at five, I don't want to be picking at five. Yeah, I I think the only yeah I mean we'll we'll get to my take on that, but I want I want to give you guys a chance first. But yeah, I, I basically agree with that sentiment. Evan, do you have a, a take on that as well in terms of what the Falcons should do in terms of quarterback? Um, not much more to add. Uh, I think it is obviously going to depend more on if they go the offensive mind route um, and then which offensive mind. Like if they got like Arthur Smith, for example, of the Titans, um, I think he would be more used to a quarterback like Matt Ryan, but he would also need, you know, there's no running back. Um, Brian Hill's not the guy. Todd Gurley's not going to be the guy. Um, as much as I like Ito Smith, he's not that guy. He, they need like a bowling ball. Um, it's a shame we can't bring back Michael Turner because I think he would be like perfect for his kind of offense. Um, and you're obviously not just going to find a Derrick Henry out there either. So that would be kind of a situation where I think Matt Ryan would benefit from having Arthur Smith because all of a sudden if he was able to get – I don't know what kind of rookie running backs, um, you know, you'd have to ask Eric or Adnan more – but um, I, like Harris from Alabama, is he kind of that style of running back? If he was able to get him in a later round or whatever, and then all of a sudden use Matt Ryan the same way he uses Ryan Tannehill, where Ryan Tannehill is not a god quarterback or anything, right, yeah. but he's able to take advantage of how defenses play to get trying to stop Derrick Henry to where he's not going to make a mistake, um, you know. But he's also not the reason, the sole reason they're winning games. 
um, either. But that would be kind of my answer. And I think it's kind of early still um, just because of you still got the combine. We still don't know which, as I said, which offensive mind is going to come in. Um, hopefully it's an offensive mind. But um, that's all I really care about at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 100% agreeing with you there. Like, they need an offensive head coach, like, full stop. You know, we need to move on from this constant shuffle of offensive coordinators. That That's really been the biggest issue, in my opinion, with the them going after defensive coaches is this just subjecting Ryan to so many different coordinators. Like, he's just never really been able to get comfortable, you know, ever. Um, so it would be nice if they could let him do that at least to close out his career here. But, um, I mean, I basically agree with these guys. Like, financially, you can't get rid of Matt Ryan next year, like, for 2021. He's going to be here one way or the other. Um, 2022, you know, maybe you could make it work, especially if you could find a trade partner that's willing to take on some of that bonus money. But um, 2023 is, like, when it's most advantageous. You know, you can actually save a lot of money with that. But... Again, that's a long time. Like, that's two seasons of a young quarterback sitting on a bench. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, to me, you're in the, you're, you're potentially in the top five. You're probably in the top ten at worst at this point. Um, I, I think that you have to consider the quarterback very, very strongly, um, regardless of your opinion of Matt Ryan. And none of us here really think that Ryan's the problem with this team because he's not. Like, if you think Matt Ryan's the problem with this team, you know, I would look at Cutter, comma, Dirk, you know, way before I would look at Ryan in terms of who's the problem with the offense, let alone the team. But um, at the end of the day, like, uh, Ryan is getting up there, and and if you do get a new offensive coaching staff, they're probably going to want to take their guy um, for various reasons. You know, for a general manager, taking a young quarterback usually buys you at least three to four years before you get canned because the team wants to see what happens with the quarterback. So, you know, a new general manager is probably going to want to do that. Um you know, a new offensive head coach is probably going to want to find a guy that if one of the options available is someone he likes that he thinks is going to be, you know, his future, um, take him now. Because if things go right here, you're not picking in the top 10 ever again, um, you know, outside of some sort of trade. So, you know, you're, you shouldn't be depending on quarterbacks falling to you in the teens on, in like a down year. Like you need to be grabbing that quarterback now or you're going to have to trade up for him later assuming things go well. So, um, yeah, did somebody have a take? Sorry, I didn't see who that was. I, w- I was going to say uh, the ever again was was a risky thing to say out loud. That felt like a curse. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't, you know, probably shouldn't have invoked that. No, that's my bad. But uh. they're, in a, they're in a position right now at five to get, a, you know, a franchise player, um, depending on whichever position they choose. But, I, I will feel a lot a lot more comfortable with this draft if they were able to address quarterback and get an elite defender in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they can, if, but... I think they can, even if they stay put. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, trading back, of course, would give them a lot more flexibility. Um, but if they, you know, if they were to walk away with a guy like, you know, Justin Fields or, or um, Trey Lance or, or Zach Wilson... Um, in round one, I, I wouldn't be discouraged. I really wouldn't. Because yeah. it's not necessarily a need, but I think it would be a very smart pick uh, considering where they are as a franchise right now. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I get that. Yeah, we got our benefactor, George Costanza, here with the $5 tip. George, thank you very much for your support. Uh, I don't know if you saw it at the beginning of the show, but we got we got your Patreon, you know, shout out in the, the opening graphic. So after the show, go go watch that if you haven't seen it yet, you know. But uh, yeah, George says uh, Matt Ryan isn't the problem. He's also not necessarily the solution, but he's one of the last things we need to fix. He's an above serviceable starter in the NFL, can be top seven, even top five with the right OC, Lincoln effing Riley. Yeah, we know George is a big Lincoln Riley fan. He's he's really on the I, Lincoln I, Riley. I love Lincoln too, but but Evan Evan brought up the point of, of Arthur Smith, and yeah. if there was, I know we all want the enemy. I know how we all feel about you know a guy like Joe Brady or even Brian Dable, but if we're looking at just purely the best scheme fit for what what is he thirty five for thirty five year old Matt Ryan. I think what Arthur Smith brings to the table probably fits him the best because it, it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. It doesn't allow the quarterback to be that guy where he has to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game in order for the team to win. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. it would give Arthur Smith's scheme, it would give him, compared to what he has now in Tennessee, it will give him an elevation in, in terms of the type of players he has around him. Matt Ryan is a, a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, you know, yeah. we'll have the luxury of having Julio and Ridley compared to AJ Brown and Adam Humphreys or whatever. So it, it, it will it will enhance at least what they have in place right now will be enhanced a little bit with that scheme. I, I think that scheme would just fit Matt Ryan the best. Like we're if we're talking purely scheme fit just for him. I think what what Arthur Smith has is, is will work. Yeah, but what about the possibility of promoting Cutter to head coach? Man, you know what? We're, we're, right, look, man. I've had it up to here with your face, man. And all right, you really, you really bugged me, man. All right. Yeah, but we we can have Cutter, and then we can bring in Mike Nolan as the DC. Yeah, bring hear me out. Hear me together. out. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the missing link. Yeah. Let's shoot Cutter to the moon already. Please. Yeah. I mean, look. I could talk all day about Dirk Cutter, uh, Dave. It looks like you wanted to as well, so go ahead. How is he not fired yet? <laughs> well, I was just going to touch on Cutter, so I, I will say something about Cutter before I get to my point because this just shouldn't have happened. How did this happen? I don't understand how this happened. Like I remember talking to, I think you guys, and then to Aaron Freeman um, about Dirk Cutter, and we were all saying the same thing, which is. Maybe he won't be like worse, but he's not gonna be that much better. And then he's been way worse for Matt Ryan. Like, what kind of hire was that? <laughs> like, you already had Dirk Cutter for three years. It's like you got spoiled milk at the grocery store, and you went back to that same grocery store, and you were like, you know what sounds good? Spoiled milk. More spoiled milk. It's like solid. Oh, more spoiled yeah. milk. That's what I want. That's the Dirk Cutter offense. Yeah. But what I was gonna say outside of Cutter is. It would be kind of a nice, um, you know, circle for Matt Ryan's career if he finished his career with somebody um, like Arthur Smith, who, you know, really focuses on having an effective ground game first and foremost. Yeah. That's how he started his career. He was yep. very successful with Mike Malarkey. Yep. You know, you look back at Malarkey now, it was frustrating. In the playoffs, yeah. that offense wasn't good enough. But during the regular season, you know, Matt Ryan was really good at protecting the football, which was something coming out of BC. He had a uh, reputation, I think, deserved for throwing some dumb picks. Yeah. And he was careful with the ball. He was a good quarterback. And, like, having Turner 
that made a huge difference. You know, if we're going to finish off his career in Atlanta, right, maybe that's the way we do it. Yeah, I love Arthur Smith. Like, his offense is very creative. It has some of the hallmarks of Shanahan's schemes where you, like, you see some of these play designs and you're like, oh, wow, that's really clever. Like, you know, you'd think you'd watch any NFL offense and you'd be like, oh, wow, that's a clever play design. Not this one. Like, not Atlanta's offense. I don't remember the last time I saw a play design. I was like, oh, wow, that was smart. You know, it's like, oh, look, it's another basic concept or like just some routes that are random they've defended defended against the cutter scheme for what three seasons and they decided to bring it to atlanta (laughs) i don't i don't understand they're like oh wow this was like the only team we could like consistently beat let's like bring in their head coach that got fired (laughs) seriously also just about you know arthur smith too and with any offensive coordinator, like this offensive line is pretty much, you know, a completed product, more or less. Like, you know, you're going to have Hennessy uh, taking over as center and you'd like to get another guard to replace James Carpenter. And, you know, maybe Matt Gono can be the guy. But this O-line has been good this season in pass protection. Like Matt Ryan is third in the NFL in average pocket time, uh, average, uh, according to pro football uh, reference. Average time the quarterback has in the pocket between the snap and throwing the ball uh, before pressure collapses on the pr- pocket. So this O-line has been doing their job in pass protection. Only Baker Mayfield and Drew Locke have more time in the pocket than Matt Ryan has this season before the, you know pressure gets to him. That Saints game aside, like that Saints game was absolutely that was an like, aberration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was just like an outlier. Matt held the ball too long. Yeah, well, Matt, he did. Matt also absolutely held the ball for too long on yeah. a lot of those sacks. But, you know, the pieces are there for this offense to be a top five unit, uh, I would say. Like, you have the wide receivers. Julio's still Julio's still Julio, you know, injuries aside. Calvin Ridley is blossoming into a true number one wide receiver, uh, you know, or someone who has who's playing at that level. The offensive line is there. You can't really make that excuse the way you could a few years ago. You, all that's missing is is a running back, and yeah. that's not really that hard to get in today's NFL. No. you know, b- over the course of an off season. Yeah, I mean, we could easily get Chuba Hubbard in the uh, third round. Like, there you go. There's your running back. I mean, he's not really necessarily the Arthur Smith style of running back, but I don't really think Arthur Smith's offense needs a bruiser to work. Like, he just needs a good running back. I will absolutely mm. Najee Harris. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, bring, they were to bring Arthur Smith on. I would love having a guy like Najee Harris there. I was really surprised how good of a receiver Harris was um, because you think of him as like this bruiser, but his hands are really good. Solid hands. He yeah. did, they just didn't ask him to run a lot of routes yeah. because he had he shared the field with Henry Ruggs yeah, and Devontae yeah. Smith, and uh, he didn't need they didn't need to. But I mean, he's not the slipperiest guy. But I mean, when you're like 230 pounds, you don't have to be slippery. No, <laughs> I, I see a lot. And <laughs> someone actually mentioned this to me on Twitter today. I see some early Stephen Jackson in him, some some Ram Stephen Jackson in him. And I, I, I look at what Arthur Smith's scheme, how they operate it, is very efficient. You know, they're, they're one of the more efficient teams in the league. You know, they really don't have wasted drives. Um, I think they're, more, they're probably in the top 10 in average yards per drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you rarely see them get three and outs and things of that nature. But what really brings home this scheme and what they work with is Derrick Henry late in games. And... Yeah. You can't look at 
seeing what Derrick Henry has and then seeing what Najee Harris can bring to the table, like man, that would be that would be awesome, honestly. Yeah. I think that that would make the offense complete. It would be cool. I mean, they do need a running back. Like I, I do suspect that they will add one probably on day two. Like the later end of day two, but like yeah, I mean I just don't know. Like will Najee Harris be there with that second round pick? And would you take him over a defender? Like I don't know that I could, but uh, it depends. It depends if they trade down and, and get yeah. another second round pick. Sure. But you're also sure. Najee Harris probably been lasting in the top forty, quite honest with you. I'm not certain that yeah. would happen. This is a weaker he, class. There's not as many guys, so he's gonna test really well and you will likely see him in the later half of the first round um possibly depends but i i if, if i had to put my money on it i think he'll be a first round draft pick this year yeah he, could be yeah they're like they're kind of clearly the top two guys unlike last year where there was like five really good running backs like um so they're gonna get pushed up a little bit because of that but yeah i mean i, I do think they're gonna end up with somebody good like Chuba, you know, Chuba Hubbard, I think, is a really likely name for them because he's kind of that next tier. Um, oh, Travis God, I hope so. <laughs> Travis Etienne in the top ten. Whoever, shout out to that guy on the last show. Yeah. I name the other day on Twitter also, uh, Marlon Matt from the Colts. He'll be an unrestricted free agent this upcoming offseason. Now, he's coming off an Achilles injury, so you're going to have to see how healthy he is. Be cheap, he's only, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. So his asking price could be fairly lowered, and he's only 24, 25. Uh, he's coming off his first 1,000-yard season last year. So you saw how effective he was in, in a run-heavy scheme in Indy. So I think he would be an interesting name to keep an eye on if they yeah, don't yeah. go back in the track. Yeah, no, I I, I like that. Um, and I, that's, yeah. I mean, really, you like you should sign running backs in free agency. You should just not sign running backs to big money. Like, there's always a bunch of good backs available in free agency for like pennies. They just don't get picked up. So, yeah, and, and that's that's why, like, I, you know, it, it would be. I I love the idea, the theory of having Harris in an Arthur Smith offense, but. I'm just completely against ever taking a running back in round one. Like at, at this point, yeah. At, at this point, with just how, like Kevin said, just how many options there are out there at running back in free agency, and just how short the shelf life of the position has become, and how undervalued the position has become over the past, you know, decade or so. Like you know, running backs in the '80s were like running the NFL, mm-hmm. like '70s, '80s, like that. That was it. That was the brand. Uh, you know, the I formation. God, I, I hate that formation. Like, I hate that formation so much. Early 90s, too. Yeah, early 90s. But, like, it's now just so so much, so much many other things, you know, to address in today's passing league to where, you know, just the opportunity cost of taking one, even a great one in, in the first round. Like, uh, I'm just not for it. Yeah. And it's like if you sign them to a second contract, too, it's like, you know, let's, let's assume they work out and they're, like, this great running back. Five years in, you got to sign him to this big contract to keep him. You know, it's like uh, I don't want to do you that. Zeke Elliott. Yeah, you mean like Zeke Elliott. Yeah, it's just you not know, worth, man. Jeffrey is a perfect example. That Panthers offense has looked better without him. <laughs> That's unfortunate. And he's making so much. He's money. making so. I mean, get your money, Christian McCaffrey. Like, rob the Panthers blind, but, but yeah. But he's only played what four games this year, maybe. Well, my fantasy team yeah. has yeah three. Three is what he's played. Yeah, he's my fantasy team noticed. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see where they might go with their other picks. I think we're all in agreement that they, if they're really in the top five, 
and they like and the new coach likes the quarterbacks that are available. You kind of have yeah. to take one. You don't really have a choice. Like it doesn't have anything to do with Matt Ryan's play. And like I guess to answer the question of the show, which is should we be concerned about Matt Ryan? The answer is no. Like we shouldn't really be concerned about Matt Ryan. Like yes, he threw some bad picks against the Chargers. Like I broke it down on the YouTube channel by the way, if you haven't checked that out. Um did some did some film review there. Um but like they were bad. Like they, you know, they they weren't great. Like the first one he Threw to Calvin Ridley in double coverage. Jaden Graham was open. He could it could have been a touchdown to Jaden Graham. He threw to Calvin Ridley. Uh, second one, you know, it was uh, Hayden Hurst. Just kind of he, he he hitched and he shouldn't have hitched. That was the difference between that being a completion and an interception. Like, you know, I put that on, on the defender on that one. That was I mean great. Jaleel like, but but he was also staring down Hurst the whole time. So that was and and Dye is like a very good safety. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like a Dye, but Dye made a great break on the ball. Yeah. He flew in there, but right, like the last one, like yeah, the last one was inexcusable. That was just terrible ball placement. Like if he threw that ball where it needed to be, that's like a first down. The Falcons are in field goal range, and we're talking about them winning the game. But he threw it way behind him. He did have some pressure, you know, all that stuff. But like it wasn't. Case in point, wasn't Ryan's finest day. Shout out to John Mark, by the way, for subscribing. We appreciate you, brother. Um, but it's it's it was a bad day for Ryan, but like. His whole entire body of work this year, even hamstrung by Dirk Cutter, is fine. Like, it's no worse than, like, 12th in the NFL. Like, overall. Um, the Falcons still have one of the most productive passing offenses in the entire league. Uh, Dirk Cutter is straight-up awful at, at coordinating a run game, so Ryan gets zero help from the run. No teams respect the Falcons' run game whatsoever. Um, which is why, like, for, for instance, on that first pick that he threw like the Chargers were lined up you know to stop the run because the Falcons were running this weird ass 22 personnel play uh and like even then like no one was thinking it was a run like they were like just not at all respecting it the safety started bailing like immediately expecting immediately expecting pass so like when nobody respects the threat of your run game and your passing concepts are archaic to say the least you're gonna have a bad time uh, and Dirk Cutter is making Ryan have a real bad time this year. He's subjecting him to a lot of hits. He has to hold the ball for a long time because Dirk Cutter's four-vert scheme means that it's a lot of downfield stuff. And, like, it's outdated. It's not good. You know, Dirk Cutter needs to get the hell out of here. That's going to happen at the end of the season. But, like, the problem is Ryan has to show the new coaching staff something over these last few games, fair or not. And to be fair... It's not fair. Like, Ryan should be judged on his body of work over the past several seasons, not just on the last few games. But Ryan is going... Like, these last few games are going to inform the future coaching staff's decisions in in a big way. It's not fair. It's just the truth. Like, recency bias is real. That's why Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov didn't get fired last year. Like, um, so they're going to look at his final games, and he needs to play better over these final three games. It's not going to be easy. Tampa Bay's defense is no joke. Chiefs defense is no joke. Like, he needs to play well over these last three games. Um, But, like, should we be concerned about him being able to be the quarterback of this offense in 2021? No. 2022? I mean, I don't think so. But I I don't think we need to worry about Ryan being able to play quarterback effectively until, like, 2023 at the earliest. Like... He's not that old yet. Like, we've seen quarterbacks play into their 40s at this point. So, um, nothing we've seen from Ryan thus far is, like, 
it's an arm strength issue or it's an athleticism issue or something that like it's not like that he can't fix. Like I guess the Chargers that was just simple mistakes. Every quarterback makes them from time to time, and that's all there is to it. Like, does he make simple mistakes every single game? No. Like, Ryan hasn't really thrown that many picks this year. The Falcons are, like, top 10 in turnover ratio on offense. So, like, they're not, like, giving the ball away at a high rate. He just had a bad game. So, calm down on that. Calm down on, like, needing to bail on Ryan. But at the same time, they should take a quarterback because all the reasons we just discussed. Like, the value's good. You're not going to be in the top five again. Like, just... You know, you both things can be true. That's basically what I'm trying to hammer home. Yes, you need to take a quarterback, but should you be concerned about Matt Ryan? No, not really. So that, that's where I'm at. But you could start Matt Schaub. Hey, instead. Jesus! Well, if you want to get older hey, at quarterback, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, we could experiment and start Russell Gage at quarterback. I'm just saying, two impressive touchdown passes. You know, it's not his fault. Julio hey. dropped. Yeah, one. Julio dropped that one. That was that was all on Julio. So. Hey, you know, hey. it's funny to me that, like, Russell Gage is now doing basically everything <laughs> that Sanu, Sanu did. did. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, like, people told me, they told me over and over again this offseason that there was no way Russell Gage could oh, replace yeah. Sanu. Yeah. yeah. So, he definitely replaced his stats. That. Yeah. I remember that, too. Yeah. 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 They, need a, they need a number three receiver, which is wow. why a lot of people felt they should have taken C.D. Lamb in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, because they they needed Cause... someone to replace the new. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. CD Lamb. Well, yeah, I'm sure the Cowboys are happy with that one. Yeah. That goes hand in hand with like every week I get comments like there goes Terrell getting burnt again. And, like, <laughs> I swear people are tweeting from like alternate dimensions, man. Like where he's crap and he's not good. I I, at, I don't know. Look at Keenan Allen's numbers. He had nine catches for 65 yards. Yeah, something you know. Like, some of them were – like, the Chargers scored 20 points. Like, the defense was not the problem. <laughs> they scored 20 points. Like, if Ryan doesn't throw two picks in the last two minutes of the game, like, the Falcons win. So, like, come on. Like, let's, let's you know, spare 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 Terrell your slander. He had nine catches. He has 65 yards, man. Yeah. Like, he didn't, get, he didn't get killed, man. What do you mean? Like, that's they, just like the the flack that he took in against Denver because he had that or against uh, the Raiders when he had that one play against Henry Ruggs. Yeah, and and they stopped targeting him the entire second half for the most part. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what about the national championship game last year? <laughs> but this this That's is what happens. Really like I, you know, and like I, I think I think Terrell has shown us enough this year to think that he could be better than Trufant long term oh, absolutely like, well but but you know i don't you know i will i am a true font defender and i remain one no and so, I, but Gabe, like, I am as well i am yeah, as well no but absolutely no that's yeah, fair well, but for sure. you know i'm just saying like there was a guy and, and all for two really for that matter these were good cornerbacks but like there was always one play a game and <laughs> that would get blown up into these guys are terrible like Meanwhile, all I heard for, you know, a year and a half was that Kendall Sheffield was the best cornerback on the roster. And, and we I, well, yeah, that, that's fair. Actually. Well, so, you got me there. <laughs> I, 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 but I have to commend A.J. Terrell, man. His tackling. Oh, God. It's been yeah. on point. Yeah. You, you, He's I, number one uh, on PFF's grade for run defense among great yeah. corners. It's, yeah. it's crazy how hard he hits. It's if, awesome. you, if you go back to my scouting report, that was the biggest red flag for me because his tackling was an issue at Clemson because he liked to he liked to throw his shoulders a lot. He really wasn't much of a wrap up guy. He still 
his his tackling in the open field this season has been oh my god it's been excellent man and mm-hmm. and that, to me that's the biggest stride that i've seen from him yeah since the fact that he is a very reliable tackler um and he makes some beautiful open field tackles and and i i commend him for that that guy has worked hard man yeah he's, the falcons the falcons already have him shadowing the other team's best wide receiver and, and i mean yeah part of that is because every other cornerback on this roster isn't really that good but yeah but, but it's still like it's still very high and he's holding his own against these wide receivers he's holding his own against michael thomas against keenan allen yeah. like the, this is this is impressive and you know i have very high hopes for him and you know just while we're on, on the topic of kendall sheffield you guys want to guess what his pff grade has been this year overall I don't. 48, I really don't. 48.6. 36.6. Exactly. 36. Oh, okay. I got this. I got the point six right. And the I don't know if he's just not been like because the thing is with him is, I, I think there's no way he's been totally healthy. Probably I really don't. Not. Yeah. Like I don't think he just forgot how to play football to that extent. Maybe I'm off, but I don't know. Maybe he's just not good. I don't I, know. Yeah. What I'm seeing from him is what I saw a lot from him his only year at Ohio State. And the thing that when he played at Ohio State, you know, he, he had the work pace for being a shutdown corner, of course, because he was, you know, a, 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 I think he was a five-star guy yeah. out of Texas, Alabama. But his biggest issue was playing the ball. He rarely played the ball at Ohio State. He always got beat because of it wasn't because he couldn't keep up with receivers. He just didn't have the awareness to do so. I'm seeing the same thing that I saw from him at Ohio State, and it's really concerning. Yeah. It really is. Because this is, this is the guy that came in as a rookie and played great in the little bit of time he has, and he's taken a major step back this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think – I don't know he's why like, they decided like they had to – well, like, I think we all thought he was going to be, like, this really good slot guy, and he could use his, his, like, agility and all this stuff. And they were like, you know what, let's put him outside because he's fast. He's not big. Like, I, I don't think he ever, like, I, I just don't really get that move. It's like, like, Denard is supposed to be your slot guy, and you're playing him outside. And, like, Oliver, I guess, is our slot guy now. And, like, to be fair, Oliver's been fine in the slot. But, like, like Oliver's been fine in the slot. But, like, just the whole, like, construction of the the corner group is just bizarre to me um and you know big props to joe witt jr because i feel like he just turned isaiah oliver into like a serviceable slot corner and like i think he's really you know helped aj terrell like with his tackling and stuff like that um you know joe witt shout out uh secondary coach well see that's the thing like but this is going to be this is going to be the cornerback group again next year for the most part yeah unless they draft someone like high yeah yeah, even even if they do draft someone high, like I mean, they're of course you know Sheffield still has two years left on the deal. I think is I think Oliver will be uh, unrestricted after next year. So this is really going to be like those three guys: Terrell, you know, Sheffield, and Oliver are going to be your top three corners next year for the most part. So right. it's going to be interesting to see whoever comes in, what do they do with that? Because I'll be quite honest with you. The corner class this year is pretty solid, and they can have an opportunity to get a guy and bring him in. If I mean, because of their draft position, guys like Tyson Campbell, um, Kerry Vincent Jr. out of LSU, right, right. Those guys come off the top of top of my head and say, "Hey, that they can be better than what Sheffield has been 
in, you know, in their rookie year, in my opinion. But right. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they shuffle that up. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in seeing that as well. Uh, shout out to Devonte, by the way, for subscribing. Thank you for your subscription, brother. Um, yeah, guys, uh, we're gonna like uh, we're gonna keep going here for a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't mind uh, subscribing, uh, we really appreciate that. It gives you notifications when we when we put out new content when we go live. Um, and if you don't mind throwing a like at the video as well, it helps other folks find us on the YouTubes. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, check out the Patreon. Uh, if you got questions that are, you're just burning that you can't wait on, um, you can use that tip link there. You can send your question in that way. Uh, we're contractually obligated to answer it uh, because there's a lot of questions coming in, so we, we can't get to all of them. We'd like to. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys with that. Uh, so, speaking of questions, we did have one. Uh, from Robert Kelly, uh, particularly, let's see, let me find it here. Um, so yeah, he, I think he was asking more about the, like, you know, say Biennemi comes in as the head coach and brings in a 3-4 defensive coordinator because that's what they run in KC. You know, he's wondering how would our, how well would our defense be able to make that adjustment? Say they hire like Vic Fangio or, or Wade Phillips or more of a 3-4 guy. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I don't like this personality for. <laughs> Not as much, yeah. Um, like this you know, they do have some big end types. Like they got like Alan Bailey. He's a three four D. Uh, you got Tyler Davidson, who's like a nose. Um, uh, I guess Marlon yeah. Davidson too could be your other three four D. But like maybe Fowler's better as an outside linebacker. I don't know. But uh, oh my god, he can't be much worse. He can't be he any worse, there. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but they didn't. They don't have anyone honestly opposite of him even if they were you know i i don't you know it, it would to me making a change to three four um it would it would take a considerable overhaul of this defense in my opinion um yeah especially the front seven i don't like this front seven in the three four scheme yeah i mean i don't like this front seven kind of period outside of like gray jarrett but yeah that's I mean, the linebackers are, are good well yeah i guess they're part of the front seven so the linebackers are good but that means we would have to make that means michael walker would have to convert he's to, played you know, he's played some we, on the line of scrimmage but we have that linebacker but full time though like, yeah be, yeah i don't um, know that would be weird but all to me that also opens the door a little bit more for bringing a guy like michael parsons in. right right that could be more of an option and I'm, just yeah. and shuffling it that way, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's. I, I think it's going to take a lot of work. I think if, if they do something like that, then we could be seeing a very mediocre Falcons defense next year. <laughs> well, yeah. Very I mean, I don't think there's really a need to switch to the three four. Like, I I suspect that Bianami's going to hire someone he's comfortable with or someone he knows. Um, if he is Mike the coach, Nolan. yeah. But does I, he I know Mike Nolan? Does he know I, Nolan? I don't even. <laughs> are you just throwing in Nolan to trigger trigger us? I, I knew it. Yeah. Right. It's because I try to think about the worst possible option, and I just can't. I just can't think of anything. You know, Brian Van Gorder, maybe. Yeah, you know, bring him back. Oh man, we should go get Matt Patricia. He's available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just Mike Smith. Uh, I just have no idea what the hell the Cowboys were thinking. I don't know. Man. Well, like how? How could you go? Like you don't hire a fired Falcons defensive what coordinator. What was going through man. their mind? Yeah, that's wild. I, I mean, then again, what was going through our heads when we hired Dirk Cutter? But well, yeah, they let Chris Richard walk. Yeah, they had like a good DC, and we're like, you know what? You know who's going to take this team over the top? 
a guy who hasn't coached in the NFL in like five years, Mike Nolan. Bro, what, what was that pitch like? <laughs> it was when he was trying to convince them that he that Mike McCarthy actually knew what he was talking about with the analytics. He was like, yeah, guys, the analytics is telling me Mike Nolan's amoeba. It works, okay? Did you see that one game in 2012 where they flummoxed Peyton Manning, all right? Can you imagine how surprised Mike Nolan was when he got when he got word that the Cowboys were on the phone? <laughs> he was like, oh, they yes. want to talk to me? Oh, yes. Tell them tell them I'm fielding many offers, but yes, I will I will take it. If they push back at all, just say yes. So I don't even care what the salary is. They can put me in the broom closet. I don't care. I gotta put in a good word for someone that they want. Let me see what let me you know. Right. Me? Defensive coordinator? Seriously? They don't want me to be like, you know, assistant linebackers coach or something like the Chargers? <laughs> I, I used to run the whole defense, like, oh, like okay. all of it. The whole Wait, thing? The I'm at the, okay, you know I'm to watch some film, yeah. You know what it probably was? Nolan was apparently the offensive coordinator. Or no, he was the head coach for the 49ers um in 2005 when mccarthy was there as offensive coordinator oh. so they were just friends yeah that's like it throwing him a bone we're friends nepotism i see makes sense. yeah <laughs> oh well yeah i guess if you don't know the answer that's it's probably <laughs> nepotism yeah that's probably the answer yeah if you don't know just assume assume I mean, nepotism. I mean it makes the most sense it does that's definitely what the it's definitely Good there, there's no way you see um, you see all these stuff and you're or, you know all these coordinators and stuff or people climbing the ranks and you're like oh yeah mike nolan he's let's go get mike nolan good. What was he be, yeah yeah he was like the saints linebacker coach yeah, yeah. wasn't he or something yeah, I think, I before so. that like yeah. okay yeah and they were the guys who dropped it alex smith over aaron Rodgers in in 05 that's right um but <laughs> but, but he, he didn't try bringing the suits back when wasn't that him we tried to wear his suits on the sidelines. Yeah. You're the one guy that brought the suits back on the sidelines. <laughs> and that has to be uncomfortable as hell. Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Mighty. Got a, a road game in Miami. Oh, wearing a suit. <laughs> Just sweating profusely. Yeah. You got to be sweating profusely. Yeah, man. That's, that's wild. Oh, can you guys imagine Andy Reid in a suit on the sidelines in, in like Tampa Bay or something? It's gonna, you have to get a special tailor for that one. Yeah. Something with lots the of ventilation. The tie would start getting loose. Yeah. By the end of the game, the tie, he's just throwing the tie at people, whipping them with it, you know. There's no one on this, mm-hmm. in this organization that's saying, hey, Mike, you might want to reconsider. Yeah. Like, no one was like, hey, he said he knows analytics. If he says he knows analytics, we're just going to believe him. Okay. Like, you know, that's how you know Jerry Jones has no idea anything about analytics, because if he did, he would have known that Mike McCarthy was full of shit. But he doesn't know anything about analytics, so he was like, oh, well, he said he knows analytics, so that should shut, that should shut the nerves up, right? Okay, hire him. Let's go. He just wanted oh, one of God. his good old boys to be his head coach, and, you know, there, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Poor Dak Prescott. Yeah, poor Dak. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, oh, no, coach, I'm too hard to play. And then they'd say, okay, we're not going to re-sign him. And he's like, all right, yeah, somebody sign me, please. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, surprise. I, I will hold true to the stance that the Cowboys will not reach that elite level as an organization until Jerry Jones is gone. Well. Jerry Jones is. It's entirely possible. It's sad, but true. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's not that sad, but yeah. <laughs> it's not really sad. Holding, yeah, it's the Cowboys. Holding, well, yeah. He's yeah. holding that team <laughs> and – it, it's only a matter of time, man. They're never gonna, you know, they're never gonna get over that hump. In my yeah, opinion, it's rough. I agree. I agree. Um, 
Yeah, it's like you can't have an owner that just meddles that much. Yeah, it's just very counterproductive. Yeah. All right, we also got George stands with another five dollars, brother. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, all right, so he's asking if Penai Sewell is there somehow at five. Do you still pass on him to take a quarterback? I still yeah. think. Oh, I yes, the answer is yes. But I still think I know George is very, very much hashtag Team O line. Um, so he, George still thinks O line is where we should go. Also, Adnan, stop joking about promoting Cutter to head coach. You know Arthur Blank might watch the show, and he might love that idea of continuity. So, Where would you play Penesu? He's got a point. Where would you play Penesu? I, 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 I don't know exactly what you do with that. I, I, what do you I, do with that? I mean, I guess, you, I guess you play him at right tackle, but Caleb McGarry's too tall to be a guard, man. Like, that's no, going to be rough. No, McGarry's not a guard. Yeah, he's, he's huge for a guard. Uh, I mean, Guard. I mean, maybe uh, I you play him at left guard and then move him to left tackle in a few years when you move on from Jake or something. Oh, yeah. But that, I don't. I mean, he's probably thinking that you put Sewell at left tackle and move Jake to guard, but I don't. I don't like that either. No, that's not a simple conversion. No. From left guard, no, that's not a simple conversion. You can't just plug in anybody anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I I like Sewell. He's a great offensive lineman, but like he he should be a left tackle. Like, yeah, he should be a left tackle in my opinion. Um, yeah. So if you're not playing at uh, a left tackle, I just don't think the value's quite I'm, as good. I mean, if you're going pure BPA, then, like, he's pure BPA, that pick uh, at five. But I think that would be even more reason to trade back. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, if Sewell is there, like, someone is going to go up and try and get him if he falls yeah. at five. Yeah, but the, he's not getting past the Bengals. The Bengals are 100% drafting him at three or four or wherever they end up. So, uh, yeah. So... I mean, I would love Sewell in Atlanta. I just don't know how exactly it would work. And you probably get more value out of trading back at that rate. Um, it's going to be a hell of a pick for them and for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, he needs it. Man. Didn't they just take a tackle? Was Jonah Williams there? Yeah, Jonah Williams. Uh, was he a right tackle? No, he's been playing left for them. but No, he, no, he, he came mm. out of the right tackle. He yeah. was a right they, tackle initially, they, so yeah. Yeah, they'll probably so, move him back to right if they get Sewell. Move him back to right, have Sewell. Man, that's a good bookend combination. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that, that's yeah. real nice. Um, all right, guys. Uh, yeah, so we we're at an hour and a half here. Uh, if you guys have any final donation questions or anything like that, get those in real quick. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up, um, and we'll we'll answer anything that comes in. Uh, but yeah, we. Uh, what's that? Don't they play this Sunday? Who? The Falcons. No, I don't think so. No, That's yeah, I, I don't. No, the season's over. No, they do play this Sunday. They play the Bucks. Uh, oh, yeah. they do. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. Well, we always wait for the last five minutes to yeah, talk about the next. We do, game anyway. yeah, because it's nothing but despair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we should, we should touch on it. We should touch on it. Yeah, That's I mean, terrible. we already know what the outcome's going to be, though. We do know what the. I mean, you know, we know like eighty percent of what the outcome is going to be, but. What do you guys think? Do the Falcons have a chance against the Bucks on Sunday? Get teeth kicked in. That's what I think. It's going to be embarrassing. I mean, the, the defense hasn't been as good lately. Oh, if they win, I'll be furious. Yeah, I, I will be. Furious. I do think they're going to win one of the Tampa Bay games just because. But no. Well, it'd be the first time they beat Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah, they've yeah. never beaten. Him. So that would be nice just for that. But I mean, they, they haven't. I lost like how like... the the Falcon. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say they haven't lost any really like big games. Tom Brady, you know, only just some small right Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's exactly the same. But it's like the uh, the uh, Falcons were alone as like six and zero again or zero and six against Tom Brady, 
and then the Vikings obviously lost to them and joined them at 0-6, and, and then it's like the Falcons the very next week, so we're like not alone for like one week, and now we'll go back to being the, the yep, leader yep. and losing to Tom Brady. Corey Bucks says the Bucks get out of get out to a twenty-eight to three lead. <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain that suggestion. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it's just because it's just it's how football has scripted itself for the Falcons this year. Like, of course, your running back, you know, tries to fall at the one-yard line but still scores. Of course. Your, lead, your number one receiver drops a touchdown pass in week two that probably could have won the game. You know, of, of course, of, of course, like it just happens that way. Of course, Matthew Stafford drives the length of the field and still scores from 40 yards out with zero seconds left. It's just, it's the way things script themselves with the Falcons. That is such an odd occurrence that it's almost natural yeah. that it's going to happen for the Falcons. It is. It is almost natural. Plus, uh, the Bucks will be without Ronald Jones is on their COVID list, so yeah. it'll be Fournette, and then I think I'll, like their whole special teams unit. Yeah, and their special teams unit got hit by COVID, I think too. Um, yeah, I don't know who their kicker and punter and stuff is, but right, yeah. But that only means that Brady's going to have to throw, you know, forty times to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, and Gronk. One, <laughs> oh God, that's going to be great. Hey, don't forget about Scotty Miller. We always oh, have man. those blog guys. Oh, Scotty Miller. Yeah. Oh, and we still can't rest a damn pass. <laughs> hey, hey, we have Dante Fowler. He had a tackle last game. He did. He got that tackle. He's he's warming up. He's heating up now with three games to go. <laughs> he's warming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to end on a high note. You know, he's going to carry that over into 2021, guys. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then, then we'll uh, – Will restructure his contract to make more years guaranteed. Oh, I made myself feel I'll sad. Play, you know what, I'll place another bet. Fowler gets two sacks in the season finale. Yep. Just in the like, oh. He ends the season with three total sacks. Like, oh, oh, man. You're, you're telling me there's a chance. Twice as many as you got all year. Yeah. Of course you have your best game in week 17. That yep. makes perfect sense. He's probably just going to, like, come <laughs> come alive and just, like, sack Mahomes, like, three times when the Falcons win that oh, game for no God. reason. Really, you know, yeah, just for yeah. no reason, and everyone will just be like, "Oh, he's good now. He's good. Keep him, keep him." Fowler finessed the shit out of us in contract year. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's TD's fault. He has TD. I think we know now that Dimitrov has literally no idea how to value. I was excited rusher. though. I was like, "Yeah, like let's go." Yeah, you know, spending money on a pass rusher, like you know, you can't draft one. You know how how bad can it be? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting fifteen sacks, but I figured he'll come in and get a strong ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, you know, he'll get nine, ten, and then he'll open things up for Tack to get you know yeah. nine or ten. But I think he's been total all year. Yeah, he's, just... he's been quite bad. Yes, he's worse than Big Beasley was. Yeah, <laughs> somehow, somehow. I guess at least Fowler has been good against the run. He had those like fourth down stops a couple times. Well, yes, we didn't pay him for that. <laughs> hey, at least he has something. Okay, unlike Big Beasley. Who care? I he mean, he's a good Shit, like, I don't, on, right? Man. Shit, I don't care either. <laughs> yeah. What's his What's his pressure rate? I don't know. Zero. <laughs> it's bad. Like the only time he sees the backfield is in pregame warmups. <laughs> you know, they, he just he he gets to those dummies every time. I don't know what I don't know what the difference is. But yeah, this man has to kick the quarterback in the nuts to break. <laughs> That's his best pass rushing move. 
<laughs> What's crazy is this might be his like worst year in Jacksonville when he was dealing with injuries in 2016 and 2018. He had four sacks each of those years. Like mm-hmm. he was even doing better then. Yeah, he was never so. this bad. Yeah, you know, Atlanta's where you come to watch your career die if you're a pass rusher. So. Um, maybe you know maybe it was him. Watch your I career die and collect your money. I'm dropping down a flowery branch. I'm playing this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Eric's suiting up. You're <laughs> here first. Yeah. Put me in. Now, if I get a damn sack, what <laughs> Fowler does, we got a problem. Right? If Eric gets a sack, somebody needs to pay this man. So. <laughs> I'm going to look right at Fowler. If I get a sack, I'm going to look right at him like, dude. Seriously, seriously. seriously. <laughs> hey, yeah. he, he's only a sixteen million dollar cap hit next year. I think they can actually save four million by cutting him. So I would honestly like it would suck to be paying him like fourteen million or twelve million in dead cap. But would I be totally shocked if a new coaching staff sees how bad he was and just is like bye? I wouldn't just, be. They save uh, they save four million, be. you know. And, yeah, and just do kind of sort of like what they did with the front yep. say, you know what, just cut our losses now. Like, screw I, it, I, yeah. I doubt that happens. I doubt it, a too. Coach, but... A new coaching staff is going to come in, and they'll be like, we can fix them. Yes, we can Like, you know, we saw what he did before, we'll fix them. Somehow. I mean, I wouldn't See, be shocked, I think but, he... Yeah. Go, ahead. Go ahead. I mean, what we saw in, with the Rams, he's basically like – like the, I guess like using a metaphor he's like if you have a pack of dogs he's like he fits well in that scenario instead of being like a wolf on his own trying to like do everything like he's not that guy and they for some reason thought he was going to be or they thought him and Tech like Adnan was saying him and Tech would like mesh together or something but he's you know there's not like a whole lot of other dogs with him like he's you know and I'm not sticking up for him like I don't think he's that great to begin with and i was one of those who was like harsh on the signing to begin with and i wanted to be wrong mm-hmm. but i mean we're seeing it now two sacks he's not got a whole lot of pressures um well, he's got two sacks he's having like his according to pf uh pro football reference he has two sacks what did he didn't he get one like recently he, he paid he off probably tripped over somebody yeah, the statisticians. He's he's got him in his back pocket. Yeah. No, no, he paid off the stack guys to just you know add one more. <laughs> no. Convert they that could, half sack. They could be wrong, full. but Pro Football Reference is usually accurate, so I don't. They usually really are. Yeah, I don't know. Get the other sack. I mean, Deion Jones has more sacks, right? <laughs> oh, so he had in the first two games, he had a half sack. And then against Carolina, he apparently had a sack, That's and that was right. week eight. Yeah, he did have a sack that time. He had a half so a two, sack. I think, he had a half I think a one of those half one sacks one. was Grady basically tackled a dude, and he, like, touched him. Yeah, yeah. If I remember. Oh, the best kind of sacks. I remember uh, yeah. listening on – Easy um, money. <laughs> yeah, I remember listening on uh, local sports radio, and Hugh Douglas, who used to be an all-pro with the Eagles, used to say, oh, yeah, when, when the quarterback is down, that's when every single pass rusher, every defender, like that's when they get that extra like gear, you know, in their step because everyone's trying to get that that, that cheap sack, that juicy half sack, brother. Yeah, yeah well, be, because come come contract time, like they're not asking about like how you got your sacks; they're just looking at the numbers. Yep, that's hilarious. Or what? He only leads the team sacks, which is 
Hell yeah. Deion Jones. Put him on the edge, brother. Not only does he lead the team of sacks, Ole Wilkin is second in the team of sacks. <laughs> what, does Deion have like five? You know who else also has three sacks? Is it Michael Walker? No. Charles Harris. The guy that they traded. Oh, so Charles run. Harris. Hell yeah. Charles Harris, yeah. our best edge defender. I thought we were going to complete the linebacker trio. And Fowler barely. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good. That's a good note to finish on tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do seriously, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you don't mind, you know, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate your support there. Um, check out the Patreon too if you guys are interested in some of those exclusive perks. Uh, and without further ado, uh, I'm gonna thank my co-hosts for their contributions tonight. First of all, Dave Cho he had to step out a little bit early. Uh, he has you know many responsibilities as the leader of thefalcoholic.com. But Dave is on Twitter at thefalcoholic, and also his personal tweets, which if you like Mario memes and other things like that. Uh, it's at Words and Beer also, so check that out. And then also with us tonight, Eric Robinson. He is at underscore Eric underscore Robinson on Twitter. Eric, anything you're working on, you want to plug? Yeah, I'm going to write an article on how the fact that Deion Jones and Ole Open has three sacks apiece and Dante Fowler barely has. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a whole goddamn article out about that shit. <laughs> All right, look and for that. Make sure look you look at those, make sure you look at them Fowler sacks, because I swear one of them is Grady basically tackling a dude and him just getting his hand on him. That's him one of the half sacks. I barely remember him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's very forgettable. I yeah. I honestly forget that he's out there, which is really sad. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, also with us tonight, Adnan Ikich, he's on Twitter, at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything that you would like to plug tonight? Um, what if we win or lose is uh coming out this uh weekend, and you know the the what if we win? I just write that for fun. That's just like yeah, you know, a nice little theoretical uh a a a theoretical uh message, theoretical mind game. It's more of a philosophical piece than anything. Yeah, yeah, more philosophy. Uh, just read the what if we lose part. You know, that's the only like important part. Yeah, good to hear. Uh, also with us. Evan Birchfield, he's on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Very easy to remember. Evan, anything you're working on you want the people know about? Hey, what do you guys need to turn your vibrator on? Right, yeah. We got the vibrator going in the background. <laughs> oh, this is my phone. Um, no. um, at least wait for the show to end. Yeah. My goodness. Evan's, Evan's sorry, getting started early. Got, yeah. got excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Remote control, yeah, sorry. Just yeah. Adam Field on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> just Adam Field on Twitter. Um, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we'll leave it you. at that. We'll leave it at that one. Yeah. Uh, no no explanation necessary. Yeah. Uh, guys, I'm Kevin. I Hay. didn't know you guys could hear that. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we hear everything. We're very astute here on the Fal- the Falcoholic Live. But uh, yeah, guys, I'm mm-hmm. Kevin Knight on Twitter at Falcoholic Kevin. Um, like I said, we put out our first non-live video content uh, on Tuesday. So check that out if you're looking for film review stuff. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, and then I'm probably going to do another piece uh, on Matt Ryan's contract situation because a lot of people seem to not understand why we can't cut him right now. Uh, it's really not that complicated, but you know, uh, I'm going to explain it for you. I'm going to break it down. Uh, so check, look for that. Also, normal article stuff 
coming out later this week. And then just check out the site, guys, Falcoholic, thefalcoholic.com. Uh, all that great written content. Every day of the week, we got lots of stuff coming to you. And then, again, on Sunday, we'll be here for the post-game show. So tune in for that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, guys, we appreciate everyone for tuning in with us tonight. Uh, if you're in the Northeast, you know, hunker down. You know, don't get don't get buried under too much snow. Uh, and we will see you guys on Sunday for the post-game uh, against the Bucks. Probably talking about another loss. But I know you guys, you know, you guys like the losses better anyway. So, uh, hashtag tanking. 